The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you have just heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! And, uh, yeah. We are here with another Combo Chronicles. You can find this here podcast Combo Chronicles on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Uh, and of course, every well, normally we would uh, record every Thursday night on um, you know on YouTube.com slash the Click Nation and. Uh, uh, Twitch.tv slash Combo Chronicles. Um, but, you know, because of um, movie protocol, we switched up the days, which, you know, you might not know about this if you're hearing the audio version because it's going to be what it is, <laughs> as it normally is. But um, we are coming to you on a Saturday night, uh, a couple of days after uh, Black Widow came out, and we will be talking about that. Uh, actually right now, because we're going to, I'm going to say right now that, um, because it just came out, we're not going to spoil it. We might be some light spoilers here and there, but we will not be spoiling, uh, the movie. Not completely. Yeah, not completely. I'm going to ring the spoiler bell anyway, just in case you want to walk in as fresh as possible. Like I did because I avoided like the last several trailers. So... Um, I came in very, very cold, but I'm going to ring the bell in three, two, one. Get ready for some Black Widow mild spoilers. So for the most part, I, the okay. So as folks know, Black Widow just came out. It's in theaters and also on Disney Plus um, um, premiere access thing. Or if you know somebody who has, you know, has the, the premiere access thing you can uh get off you can kind of watch it with them which is there's a funny story about that i hope well not a not so funny story about that i will tell you after the program 
Okay. Yeah. I was about to say I sprung for it for uh, for my family members who weren't able to go to the theater mm-hmm. to watch it, but I was able to go to the theater to watch it, and I had a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. I had an absolute blast. Team fu- hashtag team fully vaccinated, <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, I had a lot of fun watching it with some friends, and uh, you know, it, it was it was a it was a nice time. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, I've heard some people not, you know, kind of come at it with a more critical eye upon a second viewing. I actually have watched this movie um, twice. I've watched it uh, the first time in the theater on opening night on the Thursday night preview night, and again over the weekend uh, on Disney Plus. And I some I, I sort of understand the criticisms, and we'll 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 get to some of them, you know, obviously without spoiling too much. But ultimately, um, I still enjoyed it. I had a good time. I think the movie was definitely written for the purposes that it serves. Right. I think it definitely it definitely served the purpose that it was given. You know, and what and what I mean by that is we know that it is going to be the send off for Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow character. And it's also going to be uh, and this is a, not even the big spoiler, because we all know that Florence Pugh is in this movie as another version of Black Widow or a widow. Yes. And she is, um, uh, you know, without you know, it's not really a spoiler. She is going to be moving on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward into various projects. So, you know, we all know that this movie is, you know, both a send off for Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, and uh, a welcoming of sorts for Yelena Belova's Widow. Right, which is the other, like, if you are versed in the comics, the Yelena Belova is the other, um, the other known quantity, uh, no, owned uh, Black Widow, because, um, actually, you know, I totally forgot when she actually came in. Uh, I know it's been a while, but, uh... Marvel Knights. That's what it was, yes. It was, oh, the face Marvel. swap thing. Was, I don't was that what did? remember that. I remember it was, like, the second, the, the second wave of Marvel Knights mm-hmm. when they did the Black Widow, uh, miniseries. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when they introduced her because she, I don't remember Black Widow being in the first wave of Marvel Knights, but I think she was in the second wave. I believe that's true. And that's when they introduced Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm. But at any case, and that's when, they, yeah. and that's when they introduced the red, the concept of the Red Room. Honestly, right. I don't think they, had, uh, I don't think they had introduced that up until that point. And this is late nineties. Right. Right. But um, but yes, yeah, she's she's basically the other known uh, widow. If you've if you've uh, been in comics for a minute, so people and I know there are people like who is this other character? And they go, well, there you go. Uh, has seen a little bit of a resurgence in the comics lately, also because of this movie, also which is um, a welcome thing because of the fact that um, that character kind of comes off a certain way, and they kind of got her to a T. Almost, especially in recent uh, in, in, in recent goings in the comics, so the character right. that's on the screen is kind of how the the uh, the character is in the and kind of always has been for the most part in the comics. Well, I mean, the characterization in the comics, you know, she initially started much more villainous, yes. 
and they have made her very sympathetic and i think that's where you're going yes. with that uh with that commentary which is they've made her so sympathetic and that's how they play her in this movie and let me tell you i you know unabashedly i'm just like okay florence Pugh's cool um yes. I, I i unfortunately discovered that she is very young uh not not, not too young Let's say this, not too young, but very young. I was just like, yo, she could whisper uh, uh, things in her Russian accent to me anytime. I think, wait, she and Elizabeth um, Olsen are around the same age, I believe. That's an excellent... I believe that. I uh, feel like that's, there's, there's truth in that. Um, and to the Googles we go! Which is kind of funny. Oh, no, no, I stand corrected. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is 32. Yeah, see, that's a little bit more reasonable for brothers like us. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But um, but yeah, I was I was gonna actually speak to Florence Pugh real quick. Um, did you see the wrestling movie she was in? Wrestling? Yeah. Um, I think it was called Fighting with My Family. That's the first time I heard about her, but I don't think I, I know. I've never seen the movie. Oh, that was a that was like a WWE. No, there wasn't. It was like a it was done with WWE's blessing. Yes, right because it was the Rock. Right, right, exactly. It was like the Rock's family. Exactly. So I did not know she was in that. Mm -hmm. I honestly have never really seen her on film or television up until this point. Right, and I don't think I've actually ever. This is probably the first thing I've actually seen her in. In fact, I'm looking up her her uh, filmography right now. Her IMDb. Yeah. Um, and, well, let's see, there's that. that da, 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 da. Fighting with the family, that's that thing. Um, yeah. That's, see, Paradise Lost. I don't know what those, yeah, so that's, those are the only two things I've ever known her from. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, I mean, she was in, uh, whatchamacallit, well, she's definitely, according to this IMDb, in a bunch of episodes of uh, Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Uh, coming up, you know, spoiler alert. Like I said, folks, mild, mild spoilers. Right. Um, uh, of course, she's fighting British. with my family, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Little Women. I think that's Greta Gerwig's remake of Little Women. Yeah. So yeah, those are kind of like the main roles. Yeah, because you wouldn't have watched Little Women. You know, we're not exactly the target demographic for Little Women. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like some other probably looking looking to be uh, British uh, affairs before that before um, finding women family. But um, right. I say I'd like to say that you know, uh, hey, she she works the character and 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 is uh, she's there's you know uh, the wit is pretty nice. It's pretty well in the um, she she plays the girl girl. So I'm looking forward to seeing her more in the uh, the. Uh, in, in the MCU at large, at the very least, you know, we know she's coming up with Hawkeye and that kind of stuff. But as far as the movie in itself is, is concerned, um, so to go back real quick, I had a slightly different experience than you did. Not to say it wasn't a good experience, but just a different experience because you went to the movies. I, so I'm going to go ahead and get into it right now really, really quick. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was supposed to watch, because um, I, th I told you, I was supposed to watch because a uh, um, uh, um, friend of mine had uh sprung for the premiere access and they were playing it on discord so so folks could watch mm -hmm. so i was like all right cool i'm i'm gonna be there i'm gonna watch it with you know watch it with people will you know hopefully people won't get too poor so we can actually pay attention to what's going on uh that's being the case 
I woke up late, so I didn't see. So I did, so I missed that because I was like, well, shoot. By the time I woke up, it was like ten because they were doing it like nine thirty, and even if it had been late, by the time I woke up, it was like a good thirty forty five minutes into the movie. So I was like, well, all right, what am I going to do now? Because kind of kind of do want to talk about it. So I ended up doing the damn thing I told you that I was not going to do, and straight for the for Eve and <laughs> So there is that. Like, like, and you know, you know, good well. I was adamant. I was like, I'm like, not doing this. It's stupid. Like thirty dollars. That's a whole lot. I might as well go to the movies. Blah 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 blah. blah and then I'm doing it anyway. Mm. But so I have seen it, and and I did enjoy it on, on first blush. And I have seen people's, and I can definitely see people's uh, criticisms about some the, some some things here and there in the movie. But overall, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, um, though only thing that I was kind of restate is that just like some people have been saying it's like yeah this is kind of the movie we should have gotten like a good five ten years ago yeah you know um yeah that aside you know the the, the marvel humor is still there and but it, and it wasn't like overstated and you know scar it you know played her part she did what she did the only thing the the funny part about it was like near the end um and I know some people were talking about, yeah, there's a theme of like du- repetition or duplication, or something like that. It ended up feeling like a James Bond movie in, in its kind of silliness in the end of it, especially when you get to the meeting, the bad guy, not right. meeting the bad guy, but the, 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 the man guy, the bad guys, um, you know, monologuing and, and his, um, whole posturing and everything. Right. And you kind of, but they definitely made a reason for yes, it. You know, what, what, totally. what, what I like is that they gave it context. Yes. It's not just um, the villain in a Bond movie monologuing because you know they 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 just want to give out their plan. Right. And you saw it coming, like you kind of you, you kind of saw it even before they explained it. Mm-hmm. Like, like they they kind of they kind of was like, all right, you can see this going this way, this way, and this way, and then you cut you know the scene cuts to where it flashes back to where they you know. The, the part that comes up gets explained or a part of it gets explained. It's like, yeah, confirmed. Cool. And then it just kind of goes in the rest of it. And then the rest of it is like, okay, here we go. Somebody also mentioned like phase two, there was a lot of falling, collapsing things. <laughs> and yeah, that was the yeah. thing. Yeah. My buddy, uh, uh, who I went to the movie with, um, mentioned, you know, cause we we're sitting right next to each other mentioned like in one of those hushed tones, like, Oh, this is like winter soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of parallels with that and, and, and a couple other things in, in this and in, uh, phase two. Like, well, that would make sense because this movie probably should have been set. I mean, this probably would have been around that time if it had come out when it was supposed to or when it should have. Right. But at the, well, I mean, talking about the setting and the timeliness of it or lack of timeliness, uh, the you know, we had a bit of a discussion in the theater during the credits because, uh, as a quick note to anyone who is listening and watching, there is an end credit scene, but it is literally the end of the credits. Yes. It is the absolute end of the credits. There is no mid credit scene. You have to wait until the very end to get the credit scene. Mm-hmm. But um, while we were waiting, we were discussing, uh, you know, several things. And one of the things that we discussed was what the timeline, where this falls into the MCU timeline. And I really appreciated that this filled in the gap. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I understand, I personally understand everyone's 
uh, I guess the the, the uh, everyone's criticism. When I say everyone, I means everyone other than me. Right. You know, I sort of understand why it sort of happened the way it happened. Yes. That Black <laughs> Widow's movie fell exactly where it fell because it's unfortunate that it fell after after Infinity War and after Endgame, so that it this is like a a, a retro. Um, uh, it's literally a retcon. Mm-hmm. It's this is our first retcon. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like Tokyo Drift um, and, and Fast 4 again, right? <laughs> this is literally a retcon of the MCU continuity we're putting into place the Black Widow storyline. And this basically falls during the end of Civil War. Right. It is open and shut during the end parts of Civil War. Right. You know, we get to where we find out, you know, a couple things that happen to widow that we see happen have happened to her in Endgame has you know, some some things that have changed about her. We see where that comes from, but the events of this movie literally happen between her uh, basically turning double agent or triple agent on Tony Stark uh, on, on on Team Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So and okay, sorry, and Cap breaking everybody out. Right. That's when this all happens, mm-hmm. and it's wild to think that it's in that kind of compressed timeline. Yeah, exactly. But as as things have happened in in the MCU, it's like yeah, well, things are happening in other parts that that everybody else doesn't get you know wind of. Like everybody's having their own separate stories and, and things, and that happen at a certain time. So it made sense for that respect. Um, I was going to say that if this had come out a closer to that point, like, like say right after civil war, um, that last part probably would have been the mid credit scene. Like the very last part where that kind of blocks into that. Yeah. Understood. Um, more than likely. And the, the very last in credit scene may not have happened, you know, depending on where they put it a little closer to then, but you know, um, yeah, I was about to say I don't even think they had the. I don't even think that was the an, uh, a twinkle in anybody's eye at that point. Right. So you know that 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 end credit scene would have had to have happened somewhere else. But in terms of you know if this had happened in strict chronological order, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's when that's when we would we would have gotten it post Civil War. So what movies dropped post Civil War? Doctor Strange. Uh yes. Wait. Uh M N through two, I think. Yeah. Wait, post Civil War, yeah. So I think Ant Man two happened. Uh Doctor Strange. Hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah. To the Googles we go. Right. Those those are the only two I th- as far as I could tell. Oh, I mean obviously in, in game, you know, um, you know, uh Yeah, I know no, we're but, not yeah. counting. Yeah, but you're talking about the in between the... those two, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We're not counting the final two. We know right. that those those are the uh the, the ending of the that phase of the Marvel universe with um Far From Home being the coda. Right. Um wait, Civil War Black Panther. Probably also. Because as a matter of fact, I think Black Panther might have been directly after uh, Civil War, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm going by memory. But um, Wow, Agent 70 is doing that. Um, yes. Yeah, what, what it is is that uh, I'm an idiot because I, I, I typed in chronological order. That's not what I wanted. I want a release order. Mm. So 
Um, so bottom line is, as I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quickly seeing this answer now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so after Civil War, it is literally Doctor Strange. So uh, Doctor Strange is the next movie in October of 16. And then we get Guardians 2 oh, right. on April of 17. And Spidey Homecoming July of 17 because we're, pl- we're, we're, we're coming off of the events of Civil War. Wait. Did... And then we get Ragnarok. Okay. So did we get – wait. So Black Panther was before Civil War? No, no. And then we get Black Panther okay. in February of 18. Okay. So we actually get after Civil War, we get Doctor Strange, Guardians Two, Spidey Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and then Black Panther before Infinity War. So we would have had to put this Black Widow movie in that group of one, two, three, four, five movies. Right. So that would have been six movies between Civil War hmm. and Infinity War. That's crazy. Now part of me thinks maybe they just did it this you know it was you know serendipity that it happened this way i i wish i had that kind of faith but no i'm thinking they just weren't not faith not faith they just they didn't have it together you know and they just didn't come they didn't come they didn't come together with this idea of a black widow solo movie until the time came okay i agree with that i would just think they weren't gonna do it at all until people were like why doesn't she have a movie and then they then they just started um oh yeah, I don't know if I believe that. For sure. I, I don't know if that's a hundred percent the reason why. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it is either. But I'm just saying, I feel like that feels that feels more the case than not, because as much as much as they put into all of these movies and in setting all these up and setting up all the other characters, or most of the other characters, Hawkeye aside, you know, um, you know, the the more main uh, folks up. And arguably, she, we could say that she she is as main as I mean, and outside of Hulk, obviously, because you know that's the only one who hasn't had a a solo, a solo movie that with that character. Well, with Mark Ruffalo, because there has been Hulk movies that started it off. It's just not with that character, and, and kind of loosely, you know, loosely right. with. I mean, look, I, I definitely understand the criticism. She has been around since Iron Man two, right? So she has a lot of appearances under her belt, right? And so she, and, so it seems like she was. They should have gotten right. They should, yeah. Like maybe she was backburnered a little bit, but at the same time, we've also seen her a lot. Yeah. So you know, like I'm, I, you know, I, I'm willing to, I, I'm willing to, to, to take their, their, you know, kind of bad explanation at face value yeah. because look, look, Feige even admits they shouldn't have made Hemsworth's eyebrows blonde. So <laughs> I feel like that's you know they're not they're not perfect but you know what I mean yeah. it's kind of like in in hindsight we 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 know what they should have done but we, you know ultimately they they they've um they've given the black widow uh, a send off and thankfully you know I appreciated the movie I did yeah I mean so before, I was about to say before we get too deep into this though what did you think of the other characters so gotcha. Hmm. Okay. So we like you know we talked about not really spoiling too much, so we know what we have to dance around. But I mean, we, uh, we can talk, but definitely talk about people that have shown up in the in the in the um in the trailers. So, um, Red Guardian. He's I I thought that was an interesting take how they did that in relation to Black and to Black and Widow's history because we know that he's something slightly different in the comics. Mm-hmm. So the so they kind of just kind of moved that a, a, a familiar place, um, 
so that and apparently the 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 uh the Rachel Vice uh, character is also a person that is also has been in the comics that I don't remember. Iron Maiden. Yes. And I don't Yeah, not the not 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 exactly the the heavy metal thing. Exactly. But uh but I had one thing of note to say about uh the Red Guardian character other than I really liked Harbor's acting. You know, I really thought that he uh, he he gave a good showing as a supporting in a supporting role he, in this. His accent slipped a couple of times, especially at the end. But yeah, he still he did pretty good. Well, I think it slipped because he had already shown that he was speaking, you know, English right. at the beginning. Right. So I think, uh, I think you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too forgiving in that <laughs> regard, but. But what I, what I noticed and what I thought is a story that could be told uh, at another time was that he mentioned – and again, spoiler alert, spoiler bell has been rung, people. He mentioned in tall ta- – in somewhat ta- – what's implied to be a tall tale, yes. encountering another MCU character who we know parallel, yes. would, right, could not have been possible but – for um, a phenomenon that actually did happen in the Marvel comics. Right. Yes. He could have met another version of this character. Just not, exactly. just not the one that... Exactly. Yes. And that can be explored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, an, which is interesting. I mean, that's a good... Absolutely interesting. Yeah. So... You know, and th- because that could be fodder for, a, for, for, the, for part of the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Sam Wilson movies now. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe introduce the Winter Guard in full. Maybe, possibly, yeah. possibly. But in terms of in terms of exploring the history of the Sam Wilson, uh, you know, in, in terms of the, in terms of Captain America, that's the character, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in terms of exploring the history in the MCU, imagine they put that in. You know, they they put that uh, that particular part of the comic book history in. Yeah, because that's a retcon. That's a retcon. Because that's that's just there to explain what ha- you know why uh, uh, the Steve Rogers we saw isn't the the Captain America that was running around in the fifties. Right, and they did definitely say they did kind of mention, and it's been mentioned in other places uh, also. Like, um, but yeah, the the people, other people were trying to. As a matter of fact, in the yeah, in the MCU in various places, it's been explored or it's been at very least mentioned that hey. People have been trying to recreate their Captain America serum, and they kind of do that here too on this front, um, or at least, or at least, or if not recreate the serum, recreate the the title and the mantle, right. and and have other people pick it up. So it's an interesting. It, it could be an interesting avenue to go down. We'll see if they decide to take that up as part of the story. Right. That's all. That's all I wanted to mention about yeah. that. And in terms of the Molina character. Uh, she had some of the great dry wit lines, mm-hmm. the driest of humor. It was really well executed and delivered. I was like, wow, Rachel Weisz, good job. Mm-hmm. It's weird <laughs> enough because even when she came on screen, knowing she was going to be in here and thinking, you know, knowing um, like she's been in a lot of things. But the, the thing I'm thinking about is like The Mummy uh, mm-hmm. and her character in The Mummy. And I'm sitting here like, Obviously, this is a, it's a very kind of different character, but in I guess in a little ways the same. I don't know. Um, uh, 
Uh, but yeah, it was a good character characterization. Like I said, I don't remember this character from the comics, but it was um, she she did she did her thing, right? You right. Know. That this is definitely one of those cases where they adapted uh, a character name to fit their um, to fit their wishes. Right. And obviously, there was a reason why they didn't go with the comic book name. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, you know, it's the same thing with another major character that shows up in this. Uh, movie and they made some drastic changes to this character but uh, you know and we won't spoil it because obviously that's not what we're trying to do but what I will say what I will say is that for people who are critical of this particular move for this character I still think that there is room in the MCU for multiple people with the same title with the same character name eh, maybe but they may, be, they may be sub characters you know because i mean part of me is like well we could have two spider-men at the end of the day we're definitely already dealing with the handing over of a mantle in captain america mm-hmm. so why not in this case especially given what happens to this character why not have that you know have that name passed to someone else or don't and just keep that character because the way it is because like the character is set i mean like this character is pretty much set like you know what i i'm i'm not here like yes there there are some changes from from mcu to comics that are like okay i don't know that was a choice this and that and the other but i don't think that like yeah that's his thing but i don't think that reason it has to be the case yeah. like it no you just here's the character the i only say do right i only say do because of the character's recent development in the comics, which could play across so well in the movies. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they portray the character that way, it would be such a winning character. Mm. That's really why I say do you could say don't. And that's fine. Yeah. Va- perfectly valid because you want to uh, maintain this character's development in the movies. Right. But I say do, because that's such a great character that they've developed that that would translate so naturally to the movies the reason why I, I I partially agree with your don't is because I feel like the way it was developed in the Black Widow movie was really good. They actually got yeah. me with that particular surprise, which is why I, 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 I'm inclined to agree with you. But I also say that the possibility is still there and I wouldn't necessarily mind it so much. But there's also room for that, the character as is, to be developed and, 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 and bloom in the, the in the UCU as right, in a different way in a different way in a oh. different way not in the way that we've seen this character develop in the comics so you oh, know could I mean uh, I mean I'm not sure what specific way you're yeah, thinking exactly. about but um but well no I mean in the the kind of loquacious kind of you know um, could. So not given the not given the not given the background of this character, I, you know, and and I understand where Roddy Cat wants to go with this, and I don't want to belabor this yeah. this discussion too too much. You know, this could be a conversation for when we really want to go deep spoiler on this. So maybe we can cut it off here and move on to Loki because I think we covered most of what we thought about Black Widow. We're at the ha- roughly the 20-some-odd-minute mark on right. this. Right. So. Uh, the only thing I was going to say uh, and, uh, for my final thought on that was like, yeah, Black Widow 1, Black Widow 2, 2, the, the character, like I said, the, the character is kind of 
can kind of can grow in and to to get to that point you know what i'm saying like slowly but surely uh it depends yeah it depends given given how they created this character you know like literally yeah. created this character in the movies it doesn't seem as likely <laughs> but you know personality wise i think that's really what they've, that's really what getting right, at. they've done they've done worse with less that's all i'm saying so they could very well do it and and even starting off this way but that being because i know Rodighead is not looking to appease all the naysayers and yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, all the, the people online yeah, you know what i mean yeah, they don't they, yeah that doesn't need to be the case all the time because like i said it's a solid character regardless like yeah and just like uh just like it got him got me too because like because honestly when i the only oh yeah so this is what i say about that and then we can move on so when they first introduced when they first brought him on i'm seeing him like they're going this way with it and they lead you to think a certain way about it until you mm-hmm. get to a certain reveal. reveal yeah and then it's like oh okay cool and it made sense for the story exactly. And that's really the strong point. Yes. That's the strong point is that it made sense for the story. It, I think only really affects the people who are steeped in comic lore and may have, like we do, kind of an affinity for the character due to recent comics. <laughs> or just in general. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes. You know, so that's really that, you know, the, that that's where our understanding for that side of the argument comes right. from. But uh, said, moving on. You know. Yeah, exactly. But moving on to... Uh, Loki episode five, uh, titled appropriately journey into mystery. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell again, folks, but now we mean it. (laughs) Yeah. We are going deep, deep, deep spoilers for Loki episode five. So we are now literally Thursday, Friday. Now we are three days after this episode has dropped and as of this recording and by the time you hear this either uh on video or by audio we really hope you have watched loki episode five if not make sure to fast forward a good 15 maybe 20 minutes so get ready in three two one all right as uh agent 70 said journey into mystery mystery is the episode title great name because you know it's steeped in comic history uh being the first appearance of where thor uh started out uh, um no thor in, well there is a thor that shows up in here but which is also a good part but anyway um so we start where we end up in the wasteland the void as they call it and, and you know right after loki wakes up and meets the uh the the um the uh quintuplet uh, of uh, Loki's that shows up, including Classic Thor by Richard E. Grant, um, Kid Thor, uh, Kid Loki, Classic Loki, Kid Loki, and Boastful Loki, as they call them. And, of course, Reptile Loki, um, which apparently there's a Funko Pop coming out for, of course. Um, So, you know, um, hmm, our Loki, let's just say, 2012 Loki, uh, the one we've been following this time is like, hey, where are we? Where are we? What, what are we doing? What is this? Classic Loki answers like, that's the void. This is um, uh, Elioth, and where is lunch? Let's go. So Elioth is a uh, comic uh, entity that I did not know too much about. Yeah, I was about to say I've heard it pronounced Elioth. Yes, and, Elioth. And- yeah. Right uh, in the in the show, but listen, Elioth could be right too. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, because it sounds too much like Goliath. That's what makes it weird. True. But yeah, um, I, I I saw the character in articles and I was like, oh, is that from 
for Avengers Forever? Yes, I believe so. I'm like, I, I read that. I own that. Mm-hmm. Matter, well, where I remember it, the character from? Um, yes, uh, from what I remember. It's like, like I vaguely remember that. Uh, but also, I believe it came up before that. But yes, but uh, Avengers Forever was uh, where it uh, was probably the last time it showed up. Maybe I don't know. But wow, I haven't looked at, I haven't opened those books in ages. I actually got, I think I got Kurt Busiek to sign the first, and I got um, Kurt Busiek to sign it. And I want to say who's the artist on that? Carlos Pacheco. Carlos Pacheco. I got, I, I you know, he came to a, a New York con. It was a New York Comic Con, but he came to New York con, and I was like, because he's, I think he's from Spain. Oh, okay. And, you know, he doesn't make U.S. cons that often. So it was a rare appearance. So I was very, very happy to get his signature. Gotcha, gotcha. So anyway, sorry for sorry for the tangent. No, no, no. It, 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 it's, it's, it plays. Um, so uh, from that, they they uh, come back to the, to the TVA where Sylvie is um, uh, Sylvie's taking uh, Rivana hostage and take her back to the courtroom where where the where uh, Sylvie first escaped. Um uh, Ravana's like claims interest claims ignorance onto who the true uh, masters of the organization is. Uh, couldn't find out. She's you know just kind of cut it, cut head a little bit. She wants to find out who it is. Also, um, I'm still this part of me that's still kind of with the Kang folks. So I was like, no, she kind of knows who it is. She just you know wants to know whatever. But now from from what it seems like here, she doesn't know who it is. She's trying to find find out who it is, seemingly because she wants to uh, everything. She just wants to know who it is, and and um, I guess for whatever reason we'll find out next episode, I'm sure. But anyway, um, but we're going to find out that any everybody that's been pruned is gets sent to the void, just like Loki did uh, at the at the thing, and it's at the end of time, and everything stops, and no variants, and um, Elias uh, pretty much eats everything new that comes into into uh, into that spot. Um, uh, Sylvie and and Ravana kind of come to seem to come to a kind of a truth, but but truth, but uh, it seems like uh, Ravana was kind of um, holding out on her. Um, so she's, um, but um, Sylvie, who had recent, who had taken the tempad from her, gave it back, uh, and uh, Ravana goes to look for some information, but she's again, she's kind of um, taking a sweet time. Or has Miss Minutes look for some some time until some Minutemen come through, and uh, they try to capture uh, Sylvie, who um, basically prunes herself at the end of it. Like I said, I'm kind of skipping like a couple of th- things here and there, but this is like the the main points. Um, um. Meanwhile, we go back to the void where Loki and the other Lokis, um, um. The, our main Loki is trying to get some answers because, you know, they've been just kind of walking along here and not, he's not being told anything. So at some point they get, to, he get told, um, he gets told what's going on with, uh, with the void. Um, uh, and they basically describe it as, um, Elioff is the shark and this is a shark tank and, and alligator Loki didn't too much like that analogy, but you know, this <laughs> is, but it is what right. it is. Um, and of course they all like, they're all Loki's at the end of the day. Um, so they've all tried to escape, but you know, it not really happening for whatever the reason. And then kid Loki is revealed to be the leader, um, because he killed Thor and, uh, I believe, um, 
Right, that was his Nexus event, which caused him to be pruned. Exactly. Uh, and then they end up at this uh, underground bunker. Um, uh, where, I guess we're, we're supposed to let us a safe haven. We cut back to the TVA. Well, yeah. So I think this is when we cut back to well, the this is where, Yeah, and all that stuff I just said. This is where, the, one of the, where, where, where some of the big Easter eggs come in. Yes. When they're descending into the underground bunker. And oh, I oh, yes. pause my watch I told- of... I totally paused. I was like, wait, is that what I think I saw? Yes. Is that what I think yes. I saw? Oh, yeah. So as they're walking, you see some some um, items on the ground um, here. No, no, as they're descending. Well, that too, descending. but no, but I know, but you've reminded me of oh, the stuff that- that's on the way. Yes, so, right, you're right. Because uh, I forgot, yeah, as they're walking on the way, we see, like, apparently there's, uh, it might be that Red Skull ship from, from First Avenger. Uh, I believe there's a, some, somebody said there was a, a Cree ship that was also there, but we also yeah, I think we think it was the the dark aster right the dark aster from um, Guardians right, and that's what that people were saying ship. right. It's either that or one like it, one of the two. But we also mm-hmm. see um, one Thanos copter. Oh yes. Um, in fact, that's one of the the one of the first shots uh, as they're walking. As we see, it's like, why does that? It's a Thanos copter. Oh snap! So, if folks don't know, the Thanos had a copter, uh, had a helicopter, uh, in a. Well, it was a Spidey. Yeah, copter. it was a yeah Spidey's web. It service. wasn't even. I think it was the yeah, it, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it, was one, it wasn't one of the main Spidey books. I believe it's Electric Company, but um, um, kind of. It was a Spidey Superstories yeah. or something like mm-hmm. Spidey Superstories. Yes. I don't. I'm not 100. percent No, sure. that's, I think that's right. I know that. Right, I just know that that is the origin of the uh, Thanos copter, yep. and the fact that they literally put that in as this gigantic—it was a gigantic Easter yes. egg—you could not miss it. That it, it, it was—it was pretty impressive. And of course, nerds I went think, crazy with. I mean, you know, kind of oh, nerds of went fool over that. I didn't. I had. I had because a good, that was so clear. Yeah. It was so clear. Like it was. You know what? I didn't see right away. Um, I think on their travels, I don't. You know, like I, it's hard to remember where where you see it, but in on their travels in the void you apparently see what looks like because it looked to me very much like um like a deadpool head but it turns out it was the yellow jacket helmet yes from i yeah i saw the head and i was like wait a second what is that yeah it, you know exactly it wasn't until i saw like an easier video that i noticed i was like oh that's the, that's what that was huh okay right exactly i didn't realize that all you know uh, uh at first glance at first blush mm-hmm. right and the next thing that I didn't necessarily realize at first glance was the apparent um, heads of the Living Tribunal. Yes, I didn't either. I did not realize that at all until I saw, you know, like kind of like a recap of some of the things that you're supposed to, you know, the, some of the Easter eggs that were in this. I was like, wow, how did I miss that? Yep. Um, yeah, so that was like, okay, that's pretty damn cool. Um, and, of course, we've seen some of this stuff some of the stuff in the MCU, like, you know, or at least been referenced, like the Deliverance Tribunal has been referenced in uh, Doctor Strange, definitely. So, right. Um, so, yeah, so now they cut to them, the, the Easter eggs that you're talking about uh, going down into the bunker. Gotcha. Right. And that's the big one that made me stop. Mm-hmm. That's the one that absolutely made me pause. I was like, click, <laughs> wait a sec, rewind, mm-hmm. click play holy cow it really is what i thought it was (laughs) and what we're referring to is a reference it's not clear which version 
of frog Thor it is, whether it's Throg or Thor as a frog. I feel like that's that's totally Yeah, you got Thor, yeah, frog. you got point there. Yeah. Well the thing is because what's apparently the label on the jar says that he it's like um it's like the issue TH2 that, Thor, is like that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's the it's the exact issue in the Simonson run where Thor gets turned into a frog. Exactly. So that's what made me think that's what it was. Yeah. That, 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 it's not um, uh, a Simon Walterson, I think his name is. You know the 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 guy who's actually turned into a frog by a by a, by a witch <laughs> that Thor runs into on this adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, all you folks who are watching and or listening, go read the Simonson run of Thor. It is awesome. I love it. I've always talked about it during the entire run of this show, and I can't say enough good things about it. And this is one of my favorite bits. I literally have had Walt Simonson draw me a sketch of uh, a version of Frog Thor in my sketchbook. But apparently, according to CNET, uh, Throg was originally supposed to be was going to beat up Loki in the first episode, but it was cut for the right. Uh, Right, right, right. I think I think the director mentioned that. Yeah, or the yeah, the producer says here. Right. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody, somebody high up, you know, somebody official mentioned that 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 was actually a scene that uh, that they cut out, and it was a disappointment because um, Hiddleston was really funny in it, apparently. Right. So, but um, but anyway, that 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 was one of my favorite, absolute favorite Easter eggs of all time. Yeah, that was great. I loved that. I was like, oh shit, it's fucking Thorog or Thorfrog, whatever, whichever, you know, but still. Yeah, whichever, yeah. whichever, whichever, <laughs> you know, we're just happy to see it. Mm-hmm. So, so, getting back to the recap. Yes, getting back to the recap. Um, uh, oh, let me see. Yeah, so, I think this is when it cuts back to, um, to Sylvia and Estos that I already talked about. So right. she prunes herself, and then it cuts back to uh, the bunker uh, where all of the Thors are, are talking and drinking. Uh, apparently, Kid Loki's got some ecto cooler, <laughs> yes. and everybody else had yes. a box of wine. Um, and boastful Loki uh, um, is talking about um, how he got all, he killed Captain America and Iron Man and took all the Infinity Stones, and people called uh, people called BS on that. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, classic uh, Loki's uh, event was uh, pretty much plays out like a main Loki just does, except for he didn't get killed by Thanos, and he just like, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore, and just went off by himself. Um, and we don't know Alligator Loki's um, uh, deal, because we don't even know at this point whether he is actually a Loki, according to something that uh, is said later on in the movie, uh, in, the, in the show. But that's that. So... Um, anyway, they're talking and, and our Loki is like, you know, I'm going to go do the thing and, uh, you know, I'm going to go kill, uh, Elia. I don't know if he's even had that thought at the same time, but it's like, I'm going to go do something. Uh, either y'all come or not. And he's like, cause he can't take to sit here and just, you know, uh, just be there. And as he's climbing out of the bunker again, we see another Thor variant. I mean, another, excuse me, Loki variant, which I was happy to see because I did enjoy this run of uh, President Loki. Um, which also, this part kind of messed with me for, for a minute because we know he was, he, our Loki was um, was uh, climbing out of a bunker. So he was on a ladder. So when they cut to 
him looking up and seeing President Loki, it looked like he was just standing on something as opposed to being on a ladder. And, you know, like that part, right, kind of kind of messed with me a second. But, you know, that's kind of how they do those shots anyway. But I was like, right. okay, they could have at least had him keep his hands on the bar <laughs> or something like, you know, as he, as if he was still climbing out. But that was right. just a nitpick on my part. Regardless, um, so we go back to the other side of the void where, or another part of the void where Sylvie wakes up in a in a school bus. She gets out as uh, Elioth starts uh, starts coming through. Um, but apparently, and I didn't pick this up on this, she gets hit by um, Elioth or got got glanced at him by that, and then she um, uh, picked up a vibe from him when that happened. I may have to go back and check that out. I I think I remember that, but I may have to double check that. Because yeah, because I've seen something that says she got hit or something. Like I don't see where she got touched at all, um, or grabbed at any point. But apparently something happened to where she touched. She she got made contact with him and she started to enchant him, or mm-hmm. or at least a, a link to start to enchant him. And we see uh, a castle that kind of almost looks Lord of the Rings, almost like Sauron's uh, keep or something, whatever the case may be. Um, but we just get a glance at that before it cuts away. Uh, and she's saved by Mobius who rolls up in a, in a, in a car with a pizza on top, mm-hmm. wherever he found that from. I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's a pizza, maybe it's a pizza dog. Maybe it's from Hawkeye. I don't know. It's probably just whatever. Um, but they, I was about to say, imagine it's a, uh, I would laugh if it was a reference to a toy story and pizza planet. That would also be funny. Also, synergy. So, <laughs> exactly. Like, which means that oh shoot, yeah, exactly. Pixar, the 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 Toy Story is in the uh, is in the MCU now. If that were the case, um, but they they run they they bugger off, and he apologizes for hunting her down his entire life as they're talking, and they they seem to go for a truth truce. Uh, Sylvie tells Mobius to go back to the storm because she thinks she has a plan. Uh, even if uh, our Loki is still alive and not, because she's she's kind of thinking that he's probably already been taken. Um, and uh, we cut back to the to the bunk again, where President Loki uh, um, uh, and his crew kind of invades the place. And of course, we get the scene, or we get part of the scene that we saw in the trailer of um, you know um, President Loki saying something, and then his um, you know. His uh, crew regular strike, but of course, being a Loki, there's some double crosses and triple crosses. So, uh, boastful Loki was like, kind of takes kid Loki and says, "No, I'm <laughs> I'm in charge now. You promised me that there's nothing." And then there's a double cross there with uh, President Loki, and then a whole big fight, uh, Loki on Loki on crew fight happens, uh, where Loki, classic Loki, and kid Loki and reptile Loki all get away through a from very familiar looking por- portal. Uh, uh, Loki-ish portal uh, that we've seen in the comics, which I feel like that was a nice touch. Um, uh, so I think this is where Loki comes up with a plan to kill um, Elioth and escape. Um, but when they get to where it the entity is and found out um, what the uh, what it's doing, they kind of rethink that plan, which was kind of funny. And then this is where we show uh, where where uh, Mobius and Sylvie shows up, uh, and then they have a, a grand meeting again. And this is when Sylvie's like, "I'm going to enchant Elioth and find out what the TVA uh, 
TVA folks really are because she thinks that uh, it's just a, a pet. It's just a guard dog. Um, so, uh, back to the TVA. Um, Ravana goes to see uh, Hunter B-15, who is in a, a slightly familiar looking cell. Um, a reddish tin cell, almost like the, but the energy almost looks like the one that uh, Loki was, uh, Loki cell in um, Dark World or whatever. Kind of looks like that. So, right. um, but apparently, you know, they, they talk and, um, you know, B-15, who has our memories, uh, saying that, hey, you know, people need to know the truth. Uh, but Ravana's like, no, I don't think so. And, um, you know, but B-15 picks up on the fact that uh, Ravana also wants to find out who the time, the, the, the timekeepers are. Um and in in passing, she was like, uh, "Well, I don't know if you're gonna find her before Sylvie does, because you know you only want it; she needs it." And then it kind of cuts to uh, back at the void, where um, the group, where everybody's waiting to, for um, Sylvie's plan to kind of get it um, get executed. Um, oh, right, this is the part where where Sylvie and 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 our Loki talk also, and there's a whole little thing with the blanket, which looks like more like a cape than a blanket. Um, mm-hmm. they bring up the reveal from the last episode about their Nexus event, but it was them falling in love. Um, I assume that was the Nexus event, I guess. I don't know if, if we don't know if that's actually the truth or not, but that seems to be the case or something. I don't know. That's what they think exactly. It is, so. Uh, we probably won't know until next episode if we even know at all. Um, but neither one of them believe that, and they continue to kind of dance around their true feelings from each other. Uh, Loki promises Sylvie that he's not going to betray her because she did ask about that, and he's like, he's not that person anymore, which I feel like that's a that's a thing I've seen a couple of different times. Um, mm. um, but, you know, they were like, eh, they're going to figure out together whatever happens. So uh, the plan goes into motion. Uh, all of the other variants choose to stay behind because the Void is their home, and, you know, they're going to and do whatever, whatever. Um, Loki, our Loki is gonna um, stay with Sylvie. Uh, Sylvie gives Loki the Tempad, who gives it to Mobius, uh, so that he could go back to the to the TVA because he's like I said, our Loki is staying with uh, Sylvie. So uh, that was a nice little touch where uh, Loki and um, um, and uh, Mobius kind of hug it out and like. Thank you, my friend. It's like, oh, that's nice. And then Mobius goes to the the uh, time portal thing, and um, and that's it. So, all oh, right, Kid Loki gives um gives um uh, our Loki a dagger, which apparently can burst into flames. Uh, we forgot about that part, but regardless, so I think uh, Sylvie. Sylvie basically says she needs to make contact in order to to do the thing, and they're waiting for um another next uh, another event to happen. But it doesn't happen, so they need a distraction. Loki ends up being that distraction for a second until classic Loki comes in and provides a way bigger uh, uh distraction, which was in, in right. grand fashion. Um, an entire illusory Asgard, right? Which that he conjures up. You know, from scratch, obviously, because that's his thing. He has uh, kind of uh, left uh, weaponry aside. He's like, no, your magic is so powerful. You just don't know it. Exactly. And that comes also comes into play again with this for it, because um, 
uh, our Loki pretty much says like I think we're stronger than what we than, than what we think we are. So uh, as uh, classic Loki is is doing this and, and you know doing fairly decently, um, Alioth uh, attacks the the uh, illusion and eventually classic Loki glorious purpose. Right. Um, and then classic Loki is gone. Um, while Sylvie and our Loki finally get a hold of uh, Elioth and they try to enchant. Now, so here's the thing that kind of got me. Uh, Loki said he doesn't know how to enchant, even though we have seen him doing it a couple of times in the MCU. Maybe not to the extent that uh, that Sylvie knows True. Or, or does it. That's the thing. I think the enchantments that, uh, you know, uh, that we've seen Loki pull off, you know, are are are, are probably low level, you know, in their in their regards, not in ours. And I guess because because I was I was reminded of when he did it to Valkyrie, and that was a whole ass memory. Now, when he took when he possessed um, Selvig back in Avengers, you know, yeah, I guess that was more of a possession than an enchantment. I don't know. Semantics, yeah, like I, but you know, yeah, I mean, because because ultimately, I think they're the ones setting the standards that we're just not privy to right. in terms of what level of enchantment is considered to be hardcore or high level. Right, but regardless, he says he's a he's a know how, and she was like, yeah, you you know, or she basically was like you do, um, right, um, but um, long story short. They end up uh, enchanting Elioth after some time and some effort, um, and uh, a, a door opens up—not a door, but a, a doorway, a portal, I guess you could say—opens up that leads to the castle that was flashed to that Sylvie saw um, near the beginning of the episode, and they start walking in to the portal hand in hand. Right. Um, so we will see what is revealed in episode six. Mm-hmm. It's pretty honestly. I've had a lot of people ask me questions about this series as a whole. They're all sort of trying to figure out what's going on. I said, look, just watch. Yeah. Just watch. There's not much I can explain to you as a comic book reader. Right. Because it's kind of cherry picking some stuff in there and some stuff is pretty much all, you know, all made up for here. Exactly. So there's not as much that we can uh, interpret as being comic book stuff until or unless we get a big reveal at the end of this which some people are expecting, but it's hard to, honestly, it's hard to know with the, uh, the way these Disney plus shows are playing out. We've already gotten two examples where, um, we, we, we still have to see how the reveals are going to play out over the course of the next several movies. But we already know, you know, we already joked about this earlier in our black widow, you know, non-spoiler review that, uh, the Disney Plus show is a required viewing. And at some point, anything that happens here may prove to be, uh, uh, may prove to have some uh, effect, some sort of uh, conclusive effect in another, you know, for another movie. Right. So that was um, Loki episode five. It was um, the, the penultimate episode, like I said. Um, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Wednesday when we. When it all gets wrapped up. Definitely. I can't believe it's right around the corner. Yeah, really. Um, That being said, though, we're going to move on to talk about some comic books. 
Yes, we got plenty of comic books this week. We do. Plenty of comic books. Let me see if I've got a transition for the comics. Perfect. Um, actually, we did not talk about what which book we were going to start off with. So, uh, good question. Let me see what you read. We got a good bit in common. Yeah, I think so. Well, lots of the Marvel stuff that came out this week. Mm-hmm. You want to start with the big number one? Uh, we can. I kind of skimmed through it, but so um. So yeah. Oh, I was about to say. I was about to say, let's do what. Well, let's let's do what you. Uh, the last one I read, so I, I, I vaguely, I saw, I do remember some of it. Um, for, but at a certain say, point. Do, I mean, if you want to go in in like uh, uh, alphabetical order, we can start with amazing. Mm. You know what? Yeah, because I figured we're going to get into. As a matter of fact, yes, let's do that because then we can get into the X stuff because there is a certain sort of an order to it. Okay. Um, well, yeah. All right, so we'll start with Amazing Spider-Man number 70. It's written by Nick Spencer with art by Federico Vicentini, colors by Alex Sinclair, letters by VCs Joe Catamagna. Um, so the notes that I have are that the pieces of the Sinister War have finally been put in place. Honestly, in my opinion, we could have done without the foreigners floating gambling den storyline that we just finished. And we could still, and we would still have plenty of pieces to move around in the Sinister War series. You know, we already have the OG Sinister Six, the Foreigner Six, the Deadly Foes, which I guess are only five at this point, right. the Savage Six, and the Female Sinister Syndicate. You know, how does this benefit Kindred's long game? We still don't know. And that has been the thing. And there was another side of that is we come to find out that um, apparently. Um, Harry, or a version of Harry, we don't know, has been jailed, or has been uh, confined, jailed, whatever you want to call it, with, yeah, with Carly. Captivity. Yes. Exactly. With Carly Being Cooper, held with Harley Cooper, yes. Who I honestly thought had died, because the way they kind of set that scene up was like, wait, she's dead dead? But no, I guess not. So, so yeah, she's in captivity, uh, along with this Harry, or version of Harry, and Kendrick still are kind of out there somewhere. So we still don't know what right. in the world that's about. Was, was playing at being Harry. So, you know, Kindred is playing at being Harry. We don't know if it is Harry or not, but that is the conceit that we're dealing with at this point. That's the story that we've been given. Right. Um, but yeah, you pretty much wrap that up because, yeah, this is the whole Sinister, Sinister War thing is, uh, in, is now in play thanks to this issue or co- going, right. going out of this issue. So we'll see what's going on with that. All right. Uh, did you read Avengers 46? I did. All right. So Avengers number 46 is written by Jason Aaron with art by Javier Garon, Garon uh, colors by David Curiel, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Um, so the time has come for Gorilla Man's duplicitous double agent status to rear its head as the latest version of the Winter Guard break into – uh, or they they break into Avengers Mountain to kidnap and arrest the She-Hulk for destroying parts of Moscow when she had the Phoenix Force. It goes mostly according to plan, mm-hmm. and the Winter Guard actually root out their own traitor. And the Red Room makes an appearance that is well timed with the release of the Black Widow movie. Yep, and we know from solicits and whatnot that uh, She-Hulk's about to undergo a change that we see partially at the at the end of this issue. Um, but also, I guess, going into whatever this arc is going to end up being. 
Got it, got it. All right, let's see what else we have in common. Um, Speaking of... Do you want to touch on Children of the Atom number five? I was about to say, do you want to go to Immortal Hulk? Sure. Immortal Hulk. So this is Immortal Hulk number 48, written by Al Ewing, with pencils by Joe Bennett, inks by Rui Jose, uh, and Bellardino Bravo, colors by Paul Mounts, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Again, despite the controversy, you know, from that uh, the, 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 the possibly anti-Semitic thing, the creative team for Immortal, Immortal Hulk has been so consistent. Mm-hmm. They have kept this creative team together, and that is how they've been able to put out such consistently good work. They have not had too many, if any, fill-ins right. on art. And obviously, Al Ewing is, you know, has been writing this the entire time. Right. So, um, so in my recap, uh, Joe Fixit and Betty have to figure out where they stand with each other. And they hash out their relationship and what happened to the Bruce part of the Hulk's personality. Uh, meanwhile, uh, She-Hulk is keeping the heroes apprised of the Hulk situation while they plot their own moves. The cliffhanger ending leads us into the penultimate issue of this series. Yeah. And if you ever not wanted a image of Hulk and Harpy bumping uglies, that first page will will give you what you did not want. Right. It'll mess you up a little bit. You know, we're not sure if it was pre or post, right. but uh yeah, that that will kind of mess you up a little <laughs> bit. It, it it did for me, maybe for you as well. Yes. It definitely okay. did for me. Um, All right. Where do you want to go next? Okay. So. Wait, where were you going to go before this? Uh, I was going to go Children of the Atom. Okay. Yes. Then we'll go there. All right. So Children of the Atom number five. It's written by Vita Ayala with art by Paco Medina, colors by David Curiel and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So. I don't know if we knew this at the beginning. I think we did that this is a limited series. I, I think we're told this was a limited I series. I feel like it came up somewhere, yes. Right. So this turns out to be the penultimate issue of this limited series. So the cat is out of the bag with regards to the origins of the powers and the abilities of the Children of the Atom. There's actually a breakdown at the beginning of the issue. Mm-hmm. As to how they are able to do the things that they do that are supposed to be super, quote-unquote. And um, the X-Men pull the kids out of the fire in their battle against a group called the U-Men. The cliffhanger page of this book has been partially spoiled by scenes in the Hellfire Gala crossover, which is a big, big spoiler alert if you know what the Hellfire Gala and who what the Hellfire Gala is and who's invited to it. Uh, in my opinion, this has been a fun little series that will wrap up in the next issue. So I don't actually, not, I'm, upon reflection, I don't honestly think we were. I feel like it, it, it come up that it, it, it's come up that it was a limited series, but I think it was more to the point to where we thought it might be, but we weren't sure because I feel like they, when they first talked about this, it was going to be talked about as an, an ongoing. I feel right. like that. Now I understand it. Um, and it just kind of, you know, sales or whatever it has, whatever happened. And they did put this, this is the one of the ones that they put off 
for a good while. So that is worth noting also. So maybe somewhere in that time to where they was like, well, we're just going to miniseries this or, you know, when it actually finally came out, it just wasn't really doing what they wanted or whatever number of reasons it could very well be. Yeah. Because this was definitely affected by the pandemic. Yes. Um, so there could be, you know, as Roddy Cat mentioned, a whole host of reasons could have pro- uh, played part in that decision. And that, that being said, um, we got, one more issue coming up and i'm hoping um there is a loose end or well there is definitely a loose end that i hope gets explained uh next episode next issue because i I feel like there was some stuff that were kind of brought up uh during the course of the story already and then it was like no 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 just it just brought it up and it kind of brought up a couple of good times uh but never really anything with that breakdown is probably going to help in some of that, but not all of it. Right. Uh, and it might be a minor issue at this point. Cause like I said, it might not, might not, uh, matter, but like I said, we got one more issue to go and we'll see how to go. And, um, yeah, as agent seven said, like the, the, the pretty much cats out of the bag and, and it, we now know what we speculated, um, throughout the, the uh, the course of this book, except for with one character, with a twist. Yes, yes, there is a twist to what we spec to what we thought initially. Yes, uh, and that pretty much bore itself out. At least that, yeah, that part kind of came out uh, in the last issue or two. So, like, all right, well, we knew that, but we were thinking, well, there's going to be some reaction to that, some kind of way, which I'm, that's probably going to be next uh, next issue. <laughs> so that's that for Children of the Atom. All right, so then I guess we can wrap with the uh, the X books, and then we'll rapid fire the things we don't have in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, X Force number twenty one. Yeah, I thought uh, was next. I didn't. I didn't read. Oh, it. okay. I didn't. That's why I said, you know, like I'll I'll go through the X stuff that uh, that we read in in terms of the reading sequence. Does Hellions come next? Uh, Hellions uh, was after Children of the Atom. Adam. Oh, okay. I mean, if you want to talk about it now, feel free. Um, Sure. I mean, there's really not much to it. So this is written by Zeb Wells, art by Roger Antonio, uh, color artist Rain Barreto, and letters by VCs Ariana Mayer. Um, What number was it? uh, Hellions 13. Okay. So um, this is after, this is definitely after the the Hellfire Gala. Uh, The team's kind of I guess, in a way, bonding with each other in some way. Nanny's got a new new kid that she found. I think probably found when they raided that um, that Hodge base. I'm assuming. Okay. I guess that's where that came from. Um, and the team's kind of and she kind of hid him away because nobody knew about it until um, uh, until um, Widowmaker kind of comes upon it. But the the majority of the issue is that, um, like I said, this. It's after the gala. The team's kind of bonding a little bit, um, uh, with the exception of Quanon, because she still has some things on her. But then it kind of floats into uh, kind of sort of what happens or what happened. Well, let's just say the rest of the issue ha- um, deals with with um, right after or around. Um, um, so uh, X of Swords, because their part in that kind of comes back up in a way, and there was another Sinister clone that had some uh, dealings with that, and that all kind of comes back to, into play without spoiling 
Everett in the two. So there ends up being a little um, square off. And I think the team now knows that um, something they now more assuredly know that something's um, something's uh, was uh, uh, the case coming out of that situation. Now we can go to X-Force 21. Okay. X-Force 2021, 20, written by Benjamin Percy, with art by Joshua Kassara and Robert Gill, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. So some interesting biotechnological twists are being teased for the future of Krakoa and Terra Verde and Earth as there appears to be a biotechnical arms race starting with the Xeno group as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that is being teased here. Sage's notes in this lead me to believe that there is more to the Krakoan medicines that, that that's going to be developed moving forward. I think in the in the in the um, the extra material the the sages um, uh, like the log notes mm -hmm. that are in the book. I think those may prove to be prophetic. Yes, um, there's a also a kind of sort of guest star and of sorts. If you think about it in a certain respect, right? Um, for a plant based um, entity in the. Um, in the Marvel Universe, which whoever we have seen recently, but not it's not that version. So there you go. Um, what what that plays a part into the the rest of this, we'll find out, I guess. Absolutely. All right. So next up would be, I guess, uh, X Men number one, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. X Men number one, written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Pepe Larraz, colors by Marte Gracia. So we have the reunion of uh, one of the Hawks Pox teams. Uh, letters by VCs, uh, Clayton Cowles, I mean the Hoxpox art teams. Uh, we get glimpses of several potential villains. Uh, one who was going to make it big colonizing Mars, but was beaten to the punch by the Krakoans. <laughs> yeah. Another, yeah, another being the gamblers on yet another gambling world called Game World. You know, it makes me think of the FF book. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the uh, the profiteer, yes. and another being uh, apparently someone named Doctor Stasis, and you know that was towards the end of the book. I thought that was supposed to be the high evolutionary, but they 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 mentioned the name Doctor Stasis, so I don't know if that's the case. Um, the hmm. X Men set up a literal treehouse, a literal treehouse in the middle of New York City. I know this corner. Mm -hmm. And combine their powers to build a mech, which I think Roddy Cat enjoyed, to take down an alien made out of an alien metal, which, you know, was kind of weird. It was kind of like a a, a one-off adventure to kind of establish their heroic bona fides, you know, in Manhattan again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, uh, we also had a guest appearance by one uh, Ben Urich, who interviewed Cyclops in the beginning, and I don't, and that, and um that might lead to something because apparently he's um, s still on about um, Jumbo getting killed. Uh, and I don't know why that's a, uh, so much of a factor, but I guess that's going to end up coming back up. So, cause they no, Well, I think, I think ultimately the, uh, the, the curiosity beyond the medicines, beyond the, the, the creating of the Island is how they're bringing people back to life. Right. Because Car Jumbo Carnation was like one of the 
the the mutant celebrities. You know, he was a fashion designer, and I think that's where that all stems from. Right. You know, he's like a, 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 a you know, uh, it's one thing for the superheroes to come back to life because that's something, you know, I'm sure Ben Urich kind of understands as being part of the hero game. But when it comes to, you know, like uh, someone who's not like a, a recognized member of the X-Men or one of the X-Teams, uh, for that person to be coming back to life and being a prominent designer again, I think that, you know, is a reason to... You know that that's an avenue for a journalist of Ben Urich's um, uh, uh, ability to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ben Urich is still alive in the MCU, unlike in the uh, Netflix uh, cinematic universe. Yes, yes, indeed. So that's pretty much that. Because again, yeah, yes, um, yeah. Anything else to add on X Men before I uh, spin it up? No. And go to wrap. Spin it up. All right. Here we go. I ain't got time to breathe. All right, rapid oh. fire, folks. Um, let's see. Do you want me to go? How many do you have? A few. I'll go. Let me go. Go ahead. All right. First up. Uh, the Trials of Ultraman number four. This is the penultimate issue of this uh, miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the creative team is writers uh, Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom, uh, art by Francesco Mana, uh, color artist Espen Grindigen, and uh, letters by VCs Ariana Mayer. So, uh, um, we start off with, um, I guess, this, the a former member of the USP who is now a, like a tech magnate, um, kind of comes to the uh, to the USP uh, last episode, and they were still talking, uh, in coming into this issue, uh, talking about some professor that's kind of being a conspiracy theorist, talking about the, uh, the all these uh, fake kaiju that's been coming up lately. Um, are the work of the USP. So the USP kind of want to do, debunk that. And they, um, but also this, uh, Cato person in his company also has, uh, some secrets of their own that they're hiding. Um, as far as defensive plans sounds like, but we don't necessarily know. Um, uh, Dan Moriboshi and Shin talk as, uh, as Shin takes him back to where he thought his home was, but which is not there anymore. Um, but they have a talk about, you know, having friends and having somebody in their corner, um, to, you know, to back them up, even, you know, even, um, even when they're wrong, uh, which I guess is going to come up to play at, at some point because, uh, the USP ends up going on a mission like I said, to go to this event that's happening, uh, with this professor who, um, exposes the USP, um, members, uh, before a fake uh, kaiju comes out, which uh, Ultraman takes down, but also a real one is up popping up at the end of this, and apparently it's a real one with a name. Um, and then that's where the episode ends, where uh, Ultraman is also already in action. Uh, let's see. Myself down while I'm doing this. Um, America Chavez made in America number four. Um, and I can copy and paste because that makes this so much easier. Um, 
written by Kalinda Vesquez. Uh, art by Carlos Gomez, a color artist by Jesus uh, Abertov, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So, this, I don't know if you 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 hadn't read this one, right? I skimmed okay. it, so I'm familiar. Feel free to spoil. So, uh, this is kind of a retcon of um, part of America's, um, America Chavez's uh, origin story. And Yes, I recognize that. Yeah. I definitely recognize that. Yeah. Uh, and part of it, I don't know if you recognize this part, kind of seems red, red, red roomish in a kind of a way. Okay. So, um, apparently there's, so, um, Utopia Planitia is not the real dimension that, uh, um, America thought it was, uh, but there is a place called there that her and her, her, I guess, sister, whoever it is, um, was taken to be treated and, you know, Catalina, Catalina, correct. Um, what was taken to get studied and treatment or whatnot. And we kind of find out that America's got, you know, got her powers early on. Um, uh, and there are a bunch of other people that got um, uh, a bunch of other young girls that got um, experimented on and uh, uh, studied upon also who are still here in stasis um, or I guess, yeah, who are still here in stasis. And we also come to find out the, the final fate of um, America's moms actually, as opposed to the story that she knows of. So all of that kind of comes out in this, in this particular um, issue, but also the little sister, um, still needs more from her because there's still some um, some things that need to be found out about, and uh, the the little sister has taken her uh, America's adopted little brother hostage in order to get what she wants, and that's where uh, the the book ends. But yeah, it was like the, the everything they kind of talked about was kind of felt like red rooms, and maybe it was because of the fact that you know um, you know Black Widow was watched recently. Um, before I read this, um, before I read this issue, but it still kind of feels that way. So I don't know if once you, if you happen to go back through it and kind of pick that up, if it feels. Yeah, that I mean, I, I get the, I definitely get the comparison, mm-hmm. especially with the, uh, the the one person who's kind of uh, grooming. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. Um. So yeah. Move, so that's a kind of an interesting wrinkle, I guess. Um. Purposeful, probably. But uh, going on, uh, Crush and Lobo number two. Um, and all it pretty much is is um, Crush is going through space because I guess she's trying to get to where Lobo is, who's in prison. But she has a little adventure along the way when she goes to get some coffee and beat us up on a couple of people, loses the ship, and um, end up hitchhiking on a garbage scow on in space to to reach uh, Lobo's prison. Lobo, on the other hand, is, I guess, in a support group, and I, I don't know if he's actually playing or he's actually making some headway in his rehabilitation, but there's um, that kind of happens. Um, and uh, Crush ends up making it to the prison, so we'll see what happens uh, next uh, when they meet, next um, or when they re-meet, I guess, next uh, issue. Uh, my last book is Wonder Girl number two, uh, written by Joel Jones, art by Joel Jones and Adriana Mello. Excuse me. Uh, colors by Jordi Belair and letters by uh, Clayton Cowell. Not with VC at this point, or not uh, uh, not here anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say not under the auspices of. 
Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Yara uh, uh, receives her magic weapon from this water spirit uh, just in time for apparently a bunch of Amazons to come go after her for various reasons. So Artemis shows up. Uh, Wonder Girl, I guess, can't see Sandsmark, I guess is her name, uh, shows up. And uh, some other uh, Amazons are all looking for her for various reasons, having to do with some prophecy about her. Okay. Um, I said, uh, Cassie um, was uh, tasked by Queen Hippolyta, who kind of looks different, because I don't remember Hippolyta having brunette hair. I I thought she was blonde, but also would make sense that she would be brunette because of Diana. And there are some allusions to uh, Diana in this book. Uh, but it's not clear about what's going on because this is. I thought Hippolyta was going with like the full black hair Wonder Woman look. That's in the Justice League. That's pretty much yeah. That's pretty much the same here. Oh okay. yeah. Because you say brunette, I'm like, wait, what? They changed it again? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, brunette black hair same. Yeah. Um, I was about to say neither of us think brunette and black hair are the same thing. So. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, look at your hair, look at my hair. Well, I mean, so. yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway. But I mean, but brunette is, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, people know what I'm talking about. I, or, you know, you know what I'm talking about also. But yeah, it's I'm definitely the black. Cat's chops right now. So, um, <laughs> but, but I'm also thinking about, well, you know, obviously we have seen Hippolyta in the, the DCEU as having blonde hair which you know and i think we have actually seen her in the past in the comics having blonde hair um if i'm not mistaken so you know just to see it back to being black here um was kind of kind of interesting so um i think that's pretty much it but for the most part like i said um a bunch of amazons look for yara uh, Apollosa, uh, Tess, Cassie for some other reason there's a prophecy going on about her uh there's a fight on the plane that apparently um, I took as being one punch, like evoking the one punch uh, that between Batman. huh? Yeah, Batman and oh, um, Batman. yeah, 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 Batman and Green Lantern. Um, um, because it kind of felt like that when it happened. I was like, all right. And as a matter of fact, I think I even audibly said it when I read that part out. <laughs> but um, but the crust of it is that, like I said, that there are folks that are looking for. Uh, Amazons that are looking for uh, Yara for some reason, maybe for good or bad, because like I said, whatever this prophecy is saying that she could be good, she could be very bad for the fact that she's around. Uh, And this is uh, um, pre-future state, because she's already, because as a future state, she had already has the the mantle of Wonder Woman. uh, And this Mm -hmm. is, I guess, her getting to that point. uh, Going, And that is it for me. Okay, so I will rapid fire through my book, starting with Batman number 110, written by James Tinney in the fourth, with art by Jorge Jimenez, colors by Tomo Mori, and letters by Clayton Cowles, not hanging out with VC at this point. The plot by Simon Saint to use the Peacekeeper program to overtake Gotham City continues uh, straight out of Future State. Ghostmaker and Harley come to Batman's rescue. The Unsanity Collective is in deep trouble against the Peacekeepers and Simon Saint at the end of the issue. 
All right, next up is Captain America number 30. This is writer Ta-Nehisi Coates' swan song on Captain America. Art is by Leonard Kirk. Colors are by Matt Miller and letters by VC's Joe Catamania. The finale to Coates' run leaves a few nice character developments for future creators to pick up on, specifically with Cynthia Schmidt, the daughter of the Red Skull. I think this run will be remembered as an uneven run, but I appreciate it for its nods to the Grunwald, Grunwald era cap run in the late 80s to early 90s, and Coates is grappling with telling this story not in prose form as he would be used to uh, doing, but in graphic form. Cap executes a turnabout-is-fair-play move on the Red Skull for all to see online to finally knock the Skull back a few steps after the Skull had been on the offensive for much of the late stages of this run of the book. So, um, you know, that pretty much wraps up my thinking on uh, Coates' run on Captain America. We have the United States of Captain America to take us uh, to the next volume of Captain America. So that is that. Uh, next up is The Good Asian Number 3. This is from Image. It's written by Pornsak Pichetshot, with art by Alexandra Tefenki, colors by Lee Luffridge, and letters by Jeff Powell. Edison Hark's investigation continues while we get the background on the possible love interest Lucy Fan from her own perspective in this issue. Uh, next up is Green Lantern number four. Uh, I don't know, Roddy Cat, if you started reading this yet? No. All right. Well, I think you should because they are really putting some characters that you've been keeping up with in the uh, at the forefront. So it's written by Jeffrey Thorne with art by Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci. Colors by Michael Alia and letters by Rob Lee. So we find out what Jon Stewart's opponents are really after and what they have been up to until now. This is in like a far-reaching end of the universe that the Lanterns were sent to at the beginning of this four, now four-issue run. The two, this is a mild spoiler when I say this, remaining Lanterns, Teen Lantern Kelly Quintella and uh, Quintella and Sojourner Joe Moline are left to investigate who is behind the attack on Oa. And that is it for me. So I guess we've got clicks of the week incoming. I was going to ask you: Did uh, the Cap do what um, what the Fantastic Four did with uh, Doctor Doom? Just strip him naked? <laughs> no, no, no. But definitely turn about his fair play. Uh, he did. He he did an online type of thing. It's not the uh, you know it's not the most novel way of pulling it off. But I you know I appreciated that. Uh, you know, definitely an old dog learning new tricks thing. Mm. And again, again, this is me really having to reconcile in my head that Cap has really only been out of the ice. Again, we talked about this before with the rubber band um, uh, timeline of uh, Marvel Comics now. Cap's been out of the ice, hasn't been out of the ice for that long. It's been, you know, technically 9-11 is not 20 years ago. Right. So... In, in our time. So he came out of the ice after that. And all of the 
things that have happened, technological advancements that have happened that he's just now catching up on. You just have to kind of remember that Cap wasn't around pre-internet. Right. You know, and a lot of the things that we saw even around 2001, he missed out on. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I sense Coates is writing kind of butts heads with that because, as I said, he's definitely paying homage to the Grunwald era of Cap. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I see the influence of that characterization of the character. So, but, um, all right. So I don't think we got any clicks from our co-hosts, uh, in absentia, No, but, uh, I have a couple of ideas for, uh, click of the week. Okay. Believe it or not, I really like this issue of, uh, children of the atom. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, even though I was weirded out by the Immortal Hulk mm, with mm, uh, Joe mm, Fixit mm. and and Betty, I liked that it was a Joe Fixit and Betty issue. Yes. And uh, as much as I thought the bad guy in X Men number one was, you know, just sort of a you know, a paperweight, you know, something for them to take out as a as a show of force for this team, you know, kind of re-entering the superhero world. Uh, I did enjoy the issue. So I've got a couple to consider. How about you? Uh, yeah, same here. Um, I'm thinking for myself. Um, yeah, Children of Adam was all, all right. Um, um, I don't know. Like, for, for, for me... There's a couple of tentative ones where it's like... Like, there's weeks where you know... Like yeah, these For are sure. strong contenders. Like, yeah, this week is a little weird, right? Um, like there's some decent stuff in here, but nothing that really stands out. Stands out, right? Like we normally would l- be looking at uh, Immortal Hulk, but he, but you could definitely tell Al Ewing is setting up the finale. Yes. So you know because the finale is going to span over the last two issues, so mm-hmm. you know we're definitely going to get some big stuff happening in Immortal Hulk in the next two issues. Right. In, in Avengers, there's a new Hulk-related, um, you know, um, arc starting up and, you know... I mean, it's a fun, that was a fun issue because mm-hmm. I liked the little character development with the star brand, uh, now young girl, yes. and uh, and the Phoenix as well. Yeah. Well, for uh, a little I thought got was, it, but yes. Yeah, but I thought that was an interesting, you know, kind of... Uh, character development, even if it did only happen on a page. Right. True, 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 true. And 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 to finally see, uh, you know, Gorilla Man finally show his true colors. Yeah, and to finally see that that what was it like that that it was like a single issue where we where, where it was devoted to Gorilla Man finally pay off. That's Jason Aaron playing the long game right there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a good way. Um, yeah. Also, oh, that part where I forgot to mention about that part. Um, <laughs> um, he uh, first he meets up with you know um, when everything starts off. Tony's like, "Hey, can I get some help here?" And it was and he sounds like MCU Tony. Oh yeah, he calls him Doctor Zayas mm-hmm. from uh, uh, what's my call it from Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but then but then on their second meeting, um, yeah, it don't go well for Tony. <laughs> oh, he kind of gets uh you know kind of gets the snot beat out. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, you should have had your helmet on that time, huh? Um, yeah, sir. 
So I'm kind of curious if, if they're going to, you know, if that's going to come up in a major way. Obviously, you know, there's going to be some comeuppance uh, given what the, what happens. In the, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Avengers 46. Oh, that's cool. You know, as as much as uh, I, I thought the, the, the villain was a paperweight, I like the setup in X-Men number one. I like the tease of things to come. So I'm going to go with X-Men number one. Okay. Solid. Uh, and on that note, we, one, come to the end of this here um, episode, but two, we got an ad read before we do that. Yes, it is late at night, folks. You know what we read when we go very quickly, when we want to finish up. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends like myself. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, Do we want to wrap with the with the, the last thing we wanted to talk yes, about? Yes, I was going to get to that. So yeah, before we end the uh, the show, it would we would be remiss if we did not uh, pay our respects to the passing of one Richard Donner, who has uh, recently passed. Um, as a matter of fact, I will pull up. So there will but not be any news this week. Uh, there's going to be a separate um, episode for that. So look out for that um, probably right after this one, or around the same time this one. Uh, um, drops. drops. Um, I know you didn't want to say drop. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I was, <laughs> but I was trying not to. Um, I know. Yeah, so Richard Donner was uh, a director and producer of film and television and occasional comic book writer. Uh, yes, I'm reading off the wiki, mm-hmm. but um, you know, we all know him from several big blockbuster movies that he directed that were uh, seminal in our lives as consumers of pop culture Mm -hmm. uh you know we obviously you know maybe we're not like the biggest you know horror buffs but a lot of people know him from directing omen the omen that is 1976 uh that's not my cup of tea (laughs) but uh i can tell you that richard donner hit my radar with 1978's superman of course I mean, the one thing that last that that stays with me is John Williams's score, but the visuals cannot be, you know, you can't under you, you can't understate how defining the Superman visuals were mm-hmm. that Donner uh, helped put forth in that movie. And I totally forgot he had directed the Omen. Like I do remember seeing it at some point, but I feel like I might have seen Superman first before the Omen, and those are two very different. Uh, movies obviously yes so yes yes i definitely saw superman first because i was a kid yeah and as i, and as I was don't I. think my parents would have shown me the omen <laughs> Mine, well my mom not so much but my dad and my family yeah we did definitely we were definitely going to the movies and we were seeing a lot more hard movies uh when i probably shouldn't have shouldn't have been um right. <laughs> when i was young absolutely 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 uh but yeah but it's it's so just to kind of run this out real quick so yes so superman got out of the way oh man we got out of the way superman 2 super um 
Superman is it Superman three was he also? But also the lethal oh. weapon. So okay, so yeah, stops at two. That's right. No, 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 no. You skipped one. You skipped the big one. Oh. The Goonies. Oh yeah, no, no. I was coming back to that. Um, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, the lethal weapon said that wasn't going in like order order, but um. I yeah, see, I see. so Lethal Weapon franchise is all Richard Downers, but also as um um uh, Agent Seventy said, the Goonies, which was also a, a kind of a big one if you were a, of a certain vintage. Um, Absolutely, but apparently he had also like and you know uh, a a bunch of things he's uh, directed and uh, uh, produced and uh, uh, you know uh, for in his uh, lengthy career. But also he's done some some televisual work early on, which was uh, Twilight Zone he's done, which kind of makes some sense. The Man from Uncle, Gilligan's Island apparently he directed a couple of episodes on, uh, Perry Mason and a whole bunch of other, other stuff. So yeah, Richard Island been out, was out there a, a whole lot. <laughs> and apparently uh, if you go to the clickbait section of our show, there is an article, uh, apparently, um, like after Richard Donner's passing, uh, Gene Hackman, Hackman, uh, told a story, uh, paying a tribute to, uh, Richard Donner about how he got tricked into shaving off, uh, his mustache for, for, to play, uh, Lex Luthor. Cause as if you're of a certain vintage, Gene Hackman played Lex Luthor in the 78, um, well, in that whole, se- I guess in the whole series. Um, of uh, Superman films of the time, but definitely starting with uh, the 78 film. And uh, yeah, this story about um, uh, him cutting off his uh, mustache was funny. Well, it was, uh, I guess, kind of amusing. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Apparently there was an issue with Superman 2 and him being credited or not credited because there was some controversy. Oh, I guess he was fired off the off of Superman two and, and didn't actually finish it. And he was replaced as the director with a Richard Lester, but, uh, you know, by the, by the producers, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, uh, Donner did a lot of that, uh, did a lot of Superman two. Right. So basically almost like a justice league situation in a sense, except for, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, uh, not similar, but definitely comparable. Right. Which is, and, and I mean, and it's not the first time that's happened because I feel like there's a there's a couple of big budget films that we know of that has actually happened. Like, yeah, so and so got fired from, and some of that took over. Uh, I think, there's, as a matter of fact, I don't know about fire, but um, oh yeah, I think Solo was kind of like that because um, Ron Howard ended up coming in and finishing up after I think it was Lord Miller uh, had started yes. it. Started. All this I stuff. think so. so. I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, after creative differences, kind of, kind of uh, let that be what it was. But there's a couple of instances where that happens more often than you think right. about. It's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really nothing that new in Hollywood. Right. So, but that being the case, like I said, um, condolences to Richard. Which wait, actually, does it say? See, he was 91 when he died. He died on July 5th. I don't think it says what he died from. So maybe it was natural causes. Um. Oh yeah. Huh? Yeah, it doesn't really. Say oh yeah, I was about to say, it does say. Yeah, it says it's not yet been revealed, at least in the wiki. Right. Yeah, it doesn't say on this article either. So, um. He he was ninety one. Right. Yeah, I did say that. So, 
No, no, but I mean, the point, no, I'm, that's, you know, uh, that's that's the extra point I wanted, a point of emphasis. Right, and that's why I said it's probably, right, that's why <laughs> yeah. I said it's probably natural causes, because, yeah, he was definitely, he was 91. So. Yeah, he was 91. Yeah, so, you know, he's he has lived a good, full, rich life, and, you know, but still condolences to his family. Um, Absolutely. And apparently, yeah, so, like you, like you mentioned, it says here that um, he worked in comic books, he worked with Jeff Johns and Adam Kubert. Yes, yeah, he did. Uh, he did a few, uh, a small run on Action Comics. I bought those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam Kubert was, um, which I think uh, Donner and 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 Jeff Johns were like co-writing yes. it, and Kubert art. Yeah, that's pretty much what it says. Yeah, um, and yeah, apparently he did uh, something in uh, Action Comics one thousand uh, a couple of years ago. So cool as a as a as a, as a capper. So like I said, uh, Kadosa's family. You know, looks like he's a. Some would argue he's a giant of the industry or a very big name, you know, in front of, well, not excuse me, behind the camera in, in producing wise and still behind the camera. Uh, there you go. Go watch Superman 78. I don't know. <laughs> but with that. Um, or the Goonies. Or Goonies. You know, oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Or Goonies. You know, we're not supposed to recommend Lethal Weapon 1 to, uh, or 2 to a lot of people, but I still love it. So. Well, yeah, then for, yeah, for those obvious reasons. We're not supposed person. to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, that's valid. Uh, but I would still, like I said, yeah, Superman or Goonies would, would be a couple of them. Or, you know, hey, The Omen if you're a horror buff fan, because Omen is actually pretty good. I'm not a big horror, horror fan, but I still stand behind The, the Omen. It was a pretty damn good movie. Sure. You know, for when I was actually watching that stuff. Uh, but in that case, folks, we are at the end of this here comic book chronicles. Um, like I said, we're, there's going to be another episode that's pretty much oops all news. Uh, that should be coming out um, like shortly after this one does for certain. Um, that'll probably be recorded tomorrow, I guess, when I get, when I get that done. Um, but yeah, I just blow through the news for real quick. But there's some stuff out there. The Richard Donner stuff was also a part of that, so that won't be revisited fully. But it'll be, you know, it'll be touched upon. Uh, so. I have been Roddy You find me at Roddy um, on Twitter. You can find me at News Need on Twitter. You find me at CP Caps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com and all those umbrella sites they're in. And maybe possibly Byte, uh, which is the buying replacement under comic reviews. Actually, that's a hard one to to, to hold on to. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you still looking to see if it's working? Yeah. So apparently, the first thing that comes up is an invisible liner, a liner for your, I guess, for your teeth, and then the app. That's so funny. Um, so SEO is something else, folks. Um, I, well, the site's still up, so I don't know if the app is still up. But regardless, you can probably try to find them there if he's still there doing this thing. Uh. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, the Osiris that is ish. Uh, you can find him at Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8. You can also find him at CB, uh, CB Cron, which is the Combo Chronicles um, uh, Twitter account. You can also find him at The Click Nation on Twitter. That's the K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word, theclicknation.com. But, of course, you can also find him at... Um, comic book resources where he's over there uh, writing his face off in a cbr.com you... just in case I didn't ring it for uh, PC and underscore dirt yeah yeah um, you can find this here podcast 
on the Coast is a Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this podcast on your podcast perusal plays of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold Slither Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Uh, you can find us recording here normally every Thursday night, which we'll be back on schedule because there is nothing else coming movie-wise until Shang-Chi? Yeah, that's not until Labor Day weekend. Yes, so we got a while for that one. Wait, is that coming to premiere access? Do we know? We don't know yet. Yeah. We don't know yet. So we'll see. Yeah, that's yeah. That's you know that's the end of the summer. So we'll see. Right. But regardless, so no more movies. We're still good for right now. Um, yeah, I don't think we're rushing out to go see Suicide Squad. I don't that's know if August. that's gonna be... and yeah. no, because I don't. Wait, I think that's going to be on. Um, I thought that was going to be on HBO Max anyway. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. So, but uh, ultimately, I don't know what else uh, on our uh, movie release schedule is going to be happening. I have to look closer at it. I believe that, and confer my and confer with my uh, movie going friends <laughs> to see if we're going to be making any more outings between now and Shang Chi. Right, and we still, as soon as I see Fast Nine, we will do a um, um, a, a treasure edition on that. There will probably be another treasure edition. I'm going to try to piece together a treasure edition for Loki, um, but we'll see how that is. If I start now, uh, then it will they'll be good for that next week or after that somewhat. So there will probably be a couple of other uh, treasure editions happening uh, in the next month or two. Uh, and yes, uh, Suicide Squad is going to be on HBO Max when it comes out. So, all right, cool. Uh, but with that, folks. Um, Twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles, all one word for, and also youtube.com slash the click nation. If you want to catch us live on Thursday nights, 9 30 ish PM Eastern standard time. Um, hopefully when we, if we are on the ball, but yeah, definitely check us out there. The, the VODs will be on both the YouTube channel and the, the Twitch channel. You can check out at any time. And of course the auto clip comes out a couple of days later after we record, usually on a Sunday depending on when they're doing the thing. You might see a couple of others out there. I'm not sure because there was a catching up. Uh, I haven't checked. Mm -hmm. But regardless, it's out there. We have we have nothing but content. And with that, folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. Wakanda forever! 